Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show here in quarantine once again till the end of time. This is Knowing Us Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stakanis. I am Uatu the Watcher. <laughs> I'm Gina Valido. And you guys may have noticed oh, oh, we, did have, on. we did have a Gina. we did have a change, a, a shuffle change. We actually got rid of Robert Clark Chan in favor of Uatu the Watcher. Uatu? What the have you? Have you never seen or heard of the freaking Marvel Universe? I I am aware of a universe called the Marvel Universe. I have seen a movie. You know, there are people out there that have only seen Endgame as the only Marvel movie of the MCU they've ever seen. And I just don't understand how monsters like that walk among us. Yeah, those people can suck my butt. (laughs) I have no opinion. (laughs) Oh, my God. Chance that person. Person? <laughs> no, I'm 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 old enough that I've sort of aged all the way back around. Like I I I spent all my twenties wishing direly for uh, a good comic book movie, and by the time they finally got one out, I was already an old man. And now, like I've watched them all, but like for the past several of them, I've been just doing it just because I feel like I have to. Oh my so god, you Scorsese did. All the joy is leached out of my soul. Well, Chen, uh, that's a you thing. The joy's yeah, been leached out of your yeah. soul for a long time now. That's true. Fair that point. has nothing to do with the Marvel universe. Yeah, don't blame that's Marvel for, for your own lack of joy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying that everything is dull and gray in my life. What's so hard to understand about that? No, no, this, this tracks. This holds up. Uh, <laughs> speaking of things that are dull and gray, this week we're talking about an episode of Fantastic Four. From the 1960s, we're going a little bit out of how, our comfort zone to an area we don't normally dare go. You, this yeah. is this is the most primary colored thing we have ever seen. Yeah, and not anything but dull and gray. I mean, is it good? No, but is it <laughs> is it like bland? Certainly not. No, I mean, it, look, it's a Galactus episode of Fantastic Four, so there's going to be something. There's going to be something going on here, right? Like, there, we're not messing around a little bit. Like, we got Galactus showing up to destroy the Earth, and you can't, was, you can't possibly make that boring unless you're a live action Fantastic Four movie. Ooh, zing! For a movie that's what 15 years old. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. Take that original cast. <laughs> uh, I was actually confused at the beginning. I was like, wait a minute. Did I pick a cartoon that we've seen before? And I had to go back through all of our old stuff. So I found out, I found that we did do an episode of Fantastic Four. Uh, it was from the 90s series. But also at that time, I did pick the Galactus episode. So like when I was picking it this time, I was like, ah, I'm going to be so original. I'm going to choose a Galactus episode. I'm like, oh, nope. Already done that because I am a dummy. So what I, was- I hear you saying is you have a type. Apparently. <laughs> I will say I don't remember much about that 90s one, which means it was probably terrible. Probably. This was also terrible, but I gave it a lot more leeway because it was 1967, and it was the most 60s cartoon 
ever. Like the stilted, oh, yeah. the stilted dialogue, the unintentionally hilarious, uh, like lines that are delivered straight, but are like, I was just like, okay, eh, this is terrible, but I kind of like it. See, now I have a question about media uh, and the art form uh, during the 1960s. Had dialogue not been invented yet? I mean, not for like, seriously, this is if you even if you watch like a James Bond from the time, it's very similar. It's very it's the dialogue is very stilted. It's very unnatural. It was still like somewhat new medium at that point. And I think especially in children's animation back then, it was it was a even harder because they were also contending with the fact that they were assuming little kids would, would be dumb and, and wouldn't get certain things, but But yeah, there's just no nuance and no smoothing of those rough edges. Yeah. They're trying to be kind of adults. They're trying to, you know, like, uh, uh, being even a little bit Shakespearean, that's sort of what Mm -hmm. they're going for. And it comes off clunky because, you know, like, normal people don't give monologues right, uh, right while they're punching and stuff like that but this is you know they're, they're trying to make it something that's you know feels like uh, uh art in a way yeah so, and it's just i kept getting like i felt like they they felt the need to, to keep explaining who these people were every single line to their audience because every single time it'd be like thing punch him as you are made of bricks <laughs> uh, yeah i mean but like chan is saying you know that that's that's what they do in a lot of plays and in a lot of you know it's sure. it's reminding your audience it it does like it does kind of remind me there was a there was a thread on twitter from a, a tv writer that i retweeted who was talking about like here's why people shit on multicams now and here's why they're great and he was talking about how you know think of seinfeld and think of think of sort of the best the best ones that you rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and then reality tv happened so you know people were not used to essentially how like they they got used to things having an authenticity that multicams don't have but if you look at it as if you're watching a play that's what you're supposed to be doing. It's supposed you're supposed to sort of watch it live with other people and laugh along as the audience laughs along. And I feel like that is very it's very this, you know, again was still a new medium and people were were saying, "All right, but remind the audience that this is that one and and remind them that this guy's going to destroy the earth again." Yeah. Like this is real off topic, but I kind of wonder if uh, like like theater is just being decimated now uh, and it's going to be a real long time before they can come back. They've always been they've always been on a razor thin margin. So I kind of wonder uh, how close to dead the actual art form of theater is. Yeah. And if theater is dead, then of uh, 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 multicam sitcoms also will be dead because there will be a generation of people yeah. who have never known what it is to go to a theater and see people standing and talking like in real life, you know, like uh, uh, a dozen feet away from you. So, you know, uh, it's it's not going to make any sense to see something like that style yeah. on television. Yeah, it's all very, it's very sad. It is, it's a question that, you know, I've been asked on a lot of, sort of uh like you know not you know like um meetings on tinder yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a lot of like writer meetings with executives and stuff they'll sometimes say like what do you prefer multicam or single cam uh, and my answer is usually that i think the best multicams are better than the best single cams wow hot take uh mm. yeah i i just think it's i just think when they're done well they're done they're done so well i think that a lot of people when they think of multicam only think of the shitty ones but there's plenty of shitty single cams too but yeah i think that i think that the fact that there are you know theater is going to take ages to recover from this if it ever does which is how, very how can we actually now here's my million dollar idea how do we get reality tv into the world of broadway and theater do we just like have oh, live therapy sessions God. with really disturbed people is that what uh, we do it's called tony and tina's wedding it's <laughs> been done mm, it's big and it will probably continue to be done for the foreseeable future mm, <laughs> i like it and how does this affect a fancy pirate dinner or medieval times 
or any of these other delightful attractions. That's recession proof right there. That's never going away. Thank you. They're just going to start showing up at your house. You'll you'll be able to order them and they'll come to your place. Oh, my God. Could you imagine they bring fancy pirate dinner and then they sword fight like through your backyard? I I know it's seriously the most basic bitch thing ever, but I love all those things. I love medieval times. I love pirate dinner. Food is never good. You're Doesn't always matter. you're always slightly embarrassed the whole time you're there, but man, is it fun! Uh, just one other quick sidebar: I almost never went to buffets, but I miss them dearly, and I'm sad that they're probably never coming back. Look, King's Table want- was my fucking childhood. Oh Wait, my what god! Is it? King's Table. It was a buffet place in Bakersfield, oh, and I'm- I used to love going. I got because I, I could go to the ice cream bar and just like eat as much ice cream. Oh, I could yeah. go to the soup bar and I ate so much. I ate a lot of soup as a kid, you guys. Oh like, yeah, you w- more so than adults. Eat are soup. you broken down about soup plantation going away then? Uh, that was always a problematic one for me. <laughs> Lord knows they still had the ice cream bar, and I did enjoy that. Their soups were palatable, but also plantation in the names not a great look to walk in as what are you paula dean over here am i right (laughs) you're not right (laughs) we knew that okay so the fantastic four episode begins with our great (laughs) intro chan what can you tell me about the intro does it meet your seal of approval we did see galactus and dr doom both in the intro i'm on board and so the invisible girl the fantastic four united in their fight against interplanetary evil boy hey i forgot about invisible girl it's been a while since uh, she was called that. So I was like, oh, right. Uh, this is very infantilizing. Well, that's because uh, Reed Richards did date inappropriately aged uh, women. Okay. Okay. No, that makes he's like sense 50 now. and she's like 23. Isn't that something? Isn't it? Isn't that pretty close to accurate? <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to look it up because I don't want to know. Oh. <laughs> Seems pretty uh, problematic to me. I don't know. It was very silly. Uh I don't know. I kind of prefer if they sing the exposition in the song, but you know, like I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like Ben, Ben Graham is, 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 is a pretty rough rhythm, uh, meter to, to match. So (laughs) (laughs) I thought they did a pretty good, I mean, a pretty good job of this is the world we live in. This is this, this guy's a scientist and now he's bendy. Yeah. I will say that, I, like, I remember, I remember reading or something of the Fantastic Four was one of uh, one of Stan Lee's sort of favorites. Yes, and they are like as far as origin stories go, and clearly defined powers. They were always pretty muddy for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the Fantastic Four—they like, they were one of his first creations, unless I'm mistaken. At least one of the first ones that really took off. Yeah, yeah and his whole concept was I want a family that like fights together, but they also argue all the time, but they can't get away from each other because they're a family. And I wanted that sort of home dynamic that a lot of people can relate to. And that yeah. wasn't being done in comics. And that's why, obviously, Jack Kirby, uh, as we all know, scrub. But Stan Lee, the real genius of the operation. I think everybody agrees on that at this point, right? <laughs> I just feel like how, you know, I think in the movie, in the in the movie, they tried to explain why, like, why the invisible girl could also throw up force fields and why a guy that can set himself on fire can also then fly on that fire. <laughs> yeah. You and know. I was never super clear on it or what the limitations of their powers were. I believe the answer is because it's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. It's really all you need. If you need anything else, <laughs> I don't. I can't help you. Yeah. I mean, uh, so we open up this episode and they're all just sort of chilling at home. And my first thought was like, oh, crap, they're quarantined, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a surprising impression that like here's a group of people that just can't get away from each other. because they're, they're stuck together no matter what. And they fight all the time. Like. Yeah, there's a lot of people that uh, can identify with that today. Yeah, <laughs> it's all true. Well, I really thought was weird was that it's it's thing hanging out with invisible girl, uh-huh. and he says, "Hey, gorgeous," and I'm already like, "Whoa, dude!" <laughs> She's like married to your friend who's in the next room. That seems just inappropriate. How people talk to broads back then. Oh my goodness! Yeah, especially when they got them gams. But also, yeah. she is like like throughout. Like when the Silver Surfer shows up, she wants that Silver Surfer D. 
Dude, she's hard for it. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and they're like smooching and stuff like that, and and she's teach, teaching him to be a human. And I'm like, well, all right, I like the fact that her husband isn't like, who the fuck are you, dude? What are you? you, know, are you again, he's, my a lady? Fi- he's a fifty year old man who really cares more about science and his work than his family. He yeah. has to respect yeah. his twenty three year old trophy wife with yeah. superpowers is gonna swing a little bit. You know, he's also pro- he's he's definitely probably relieved at this point because he just wants to work on science pro- like projects, and she probably wants sex. And he's like, oh, thank God this weird silver guy on a surfboard showed up. He can bang my wife while I solve these problems. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, uh, you want it to be about female empowerment, but really it's about uh, uh, slapping around the intellectuals like, oh, look at this nerd doctor. (laughs) He's a scientist, but he can't pleasure his woman and he needs some fucking metal hippie to come from outer space to take care of that for him yeah i mean a lot of guys can relate right but then meanwhile the rock the the commish is is basically the one that's like yeah he loves you you broad hey y'all so and so i like that you said the rock realize that everybody would think you're talking about dwayne johnson (laughs) skipped immediately to the next thing that people would recognize the guy for the commish which is a show that hasn't existed since what was it for like early nineties? Like if you're under the age of thirty, there's no chance you know about the commish. <laughs> Look, Zero. I, Zero I, chance. I refer to that character as the Rock Commish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't we all? Don't we all? Um, so they look up and they see two suns in the sky, and that seems kind of weird. And one of them seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. What? And it's like, huh? At which point, got a silver guy with a huge schlong. <laughs> flies out of the Just sky in your fanfic ray oh i'm sorry we're talking about my fanfic aren't we <laughs> oh okay we'll go back to the episode so the silver guy with the huge schlongs also shows up <laughs> and uh yeah and so he shows up and says i'm a herald of galactus um there weren't supposed to be people here uh oh well and then they beat him up <laughs> yeah so uh, no, i believe how it goes is hi i'm a herald of galactus can i please get a suggestion <laughs> <laughs> that is and of a course joke you had for... somebody in the back row shout dildo. Yep. He's yep. like, I meant an occupation, and they yell dildo salesman. Yep. Mm-hmm. I apologize for everybody who's listening who's not <laughs> part of the very, very small sliver uh, of an audience that that is intended for. <laughs> but if you are, you're loving that right now, I will say. Please, please tweet me about how great a joke I just made. <laughs> <laughs> so the watcher, say- yeah. Can I just Sorry. say that, like, from from the time this dude sets down and he's basically like, hey, I'm here for Galactus. I'm his hype man. You know, I'm I'm here to get everyone hyped for him uh, uh, killing all of the human race. And they're like, no. Tell him to go somewhere else. Like, that's that's their fix. Their fix from moment one is oh, uh, can you spare us and send him to an, any any place else? We don't even care if there's people on it or if there yeah. will one day be people on it. And I was like, oh, that's odd. Surely this won't stay through the whole episode as like the, <laughs> as what they're trying to do. And it does. Well, you know, back in the 1960s, corporate culture was much more conservative than it is now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just as long as it's not my problem, that's yeah, all I it, care it's, about. It's a very weird take from from the time he sets foot on Earth. They're basically just like, I mean, like they don't even try to say, well, can we can we kill him? Can we can we trap him forever? Can we make it so he doesn't need to consume planets whole? And also, this is a very global warmingy thing because oh. he could very well come back to Earth three hundred years down the line. But that's a future Earth problem, and they don't I was, care about that. I was going to say this is a 60s thing, maybe even like a 60s American thing. But also, um, there are people who walk into Costco's and say, well, everybody else has a mask on. Therefore, I don't need a mask. So I think it's a little bit contemporary as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think I think it it might have been uh uh you know back then it was sort of more the norm, and now it's it's at least some of those people will get shamed, and then a portion of the internet will shame back. But 
but yeah, I do think that, that it's a very well, future generations' problems aren't our problems. It's a Thank 60s you. Thing. Yeah, uh, it's fair. My favorite, my favorite line uh, coming right up here as we uh, are introduced to uh, Uwatu the Watcher. <laughs> Who's that? I am the Watcher. I have caused these phenomena in the skies above Earth with my bikes. But where did it come from, and what is it doing here? Perhaps I can explain. Who's that? Yikes. Uh, okay, it was just the yikes, but I'm yeah. leaving in that earlier part of the bodying sound. <laughs> it all holds up. Now, yeah, I kind of glossed over the watcher. He says, I'm going to conceal the Silver Surfers thing to give us some time to do a thing. And it's like, okay, cool. Now, the yeah, entire like time he- I'm like, uh, he's going to abduct. I mean, he says, I need Human Torch to go run a mission for me. And the whole time I'm like, Oh my God, he's getting Human Torch to go get in his van, <laughs> promising <laughs> yeah, him free candy. I wasn't, I wasn't super clear on what he was like on on what he was getting Human Torch to do. Uh, he's but he's gonna go lift some shit from an alternate dimension. He's the only <laughs> one that can fly, so you know, like, we're gonna put Reed in there and have him like stretch through uh, that weird yeah. ass asteroid belt. Again, still not clear on the science of his flying, uh, but I will say that. The first thing that I saw, thought when I saw this watcher, and I understand this is a this is a well a well used trope of this watcher guy, but there's characters on regular show called the Guardians of Eternal Youth, which are giant, uh, basically giant space babies in the sky, and they look exactly like this watcher that I think this was before my time writing on regular show that they were created, but I I am almost ninety percent sure that the Oh my gosh, so what I hear you saying is that the Fantastic Four from the 1960s ripped off the regular show? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Oh my god. <laughs> we really got to the bottom of something here. Moving forward. So he says uh, uh Silver Surfer's going on and uh, I like the one line. It's like just stop with the Silver Surfer. Brings me joy. I think it was me actually saying it out loud because they said the word Silver Surfer like 9,000 times in the course of about a minute. <laughs> we couldn't just I mean, call the him dude, the guy, the dude. The dude is silver and he surfs. He surfs. So I don't know what else you want to call him. I don't know. Iceman? Different feller. Mm, oh, okay. And uh, then he, also, he's an yes. omega level mutant, so oh, obviously stop it with that he doesn't nonsense. hold a candle. No, to- no, not talking to you about that. Garbage, pure garbage. How dare you, sir? So Silver Surfer shows up, and we have like piles of exposition. So the general gist of it is Galactus is going to eat the planet. Surfer is his herald who finds planets and sends him a little homing device and says, "Galactus, come eat this planet." Watcher says, "I don't want that to happen for his own reasons." And he's trying to prevent it from happening. And the Fantastic Four live on Earth, which is about to get eaten. So they also do not want that to happen. By the way, we're making it it sound like a lot of stuff happens, but really nothing happens. No, it's just people standing next to each other saying monologues at a time. Yeah. Uh, It's like like watching a UCB Herald show. (laughs) A lot of talking heads. Uh, There's the illusion that things are happening. But really, not a lot. Oh, I didn't even get the illusion that things were happening. (laughs) (laughs) But every time someone Our show is only for improv and improv fans. That's all this show is for today. (laughs) Guys, if you're not into improv and the L.A. comedy scene, (laughs) just understand a lot of this is not for you. But every time, like, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here, but basically in the end. He's Galactus says there are other planets. And again, at no point does anyone say. Wait, holy crap. Did we just Yeah, he's going to go eat another planet, right? Are we okay with this? Like no one has a second thought. Well, there are other planets that uh are uninhabited that Galactus can eat, I think. Uh so be. you just got to kind of like roll the dice and, you know. But again, chances. I feel like at some point someone should say, "Look, I get that there are other planets and maybe you can find one that's uninhabited. But what if a million years from now, that planet was going to have life and we're drastically messing with shit. Shouldn't we at least try and destroy this thing that needs to consume entire planets to survive? They do make a, think about this though. If Galactus eats the planet, what will become of the economy? Good point. That's a good solid point. point. Uh, They do mention a lot that he's like, 
a force of nature and it's totally not his fault to the point where I am a little concerned that this is some sort of commentary on, you know, like the military industrial complex or something like that. <laughs> because I was like, you don't have to keep driving that point home. And the fact that you are is concerning. <laughs> I mean, it, it's all true. And so eventually Thing just gets uh, uh, caught up and he just punches Silver Surfer in the face, knocks him off the roof and knocks him out, which I thought was a little surprising because I thought Silver Surfer was kind of, you know, powerful. Yeah, but Rock Commission, is, he, he's pretty. He can Literally, nobody calls him Rock Commission. Yeah, Stop yeah. It. Everyone calls Stop him Rock Commission. It. It's in the no his wife calls does. Him rock, it's hashtag Rock Commission. It's on the wiki. <laughs> <laughs> he's so, like, pound it into me, Rock Commission. <laughs> Oh, boy. So, uh, Sue Storm, uh, Invisible Girl, brings Silver Surfer into her house and puts him in the bed and starts straddling him. It was strange. It was a strange scene. This is what I'm saying. She wants to bone him. You know, a little bit later, I'll jump ahead slightly because he wakes up and she's, she's like, in his face. This is a very platonic dry hump, you guys. Don't make it more than it is. Don't make it weird. I mean, he's got some tight, tight he's got a tight speedo on like he, getting a boner in that speedo would probably hurt so wait a minute gina whose abs are better silver surfer or snow job from gi joe oh snow job hands down okay, okay. Just, yeah. i'm just checking it, to see which one shows up unconscious is, is the one you're going to straddle first but there's no do. muscle definition in the 60s yeah, yeah yeah it was it was all noodly stuff uh <laughs> noodly. but i do want someone to have sex with a silver surfer just like to see what that's like sure uh i, I mean that's like very I, thoughtful I'm, of you i'm saying in this children's cartoon that, i was hoping uh-huh. that that sue storm would uh uh cut off his speedo because you're not getting that off unless you've got a pair of scissors uh-huh and then and then start giving him a blowjob and then have sex with him and then the rock commish pokes his head in from the window and he goes now and that's entertainment <laughs> you big galoot I'm just picturing like four minutes of uh, intro followed by like 18 minutes of just hardcore pornography, hente style, and then just 10 <laughs> seconds of thing poking his head in at the end and saying, that's entertainment. Roll credits, Stan Lee. Please, this is softcore. There's just going to be like 15 minutes of her getting out the silver polish and then slowly going around and rubbing out the tarnish on all of his parts, you know, just like slowly massaging in the polish and as he you know gets to a, a super shiny gleam then uh you know they take it to the next level you know what i'm saying so it's like a cinemax movie from the early 90s that's what you're thinking <laughs> that is how i picture all uh sex related uh conversations well you know Anytime. what that's probably healthy it's probably healthier mm-hmm. honestly yeah. um, that's okay. sweet sax going on in the background <laughs> You gotta have the sax Whoa, what? No, no careless whispers. That's ill. Why would you have sex to careless to to wham to any wham? It's the only thing I can have sex to. It's a medical condition. <laughs> Chan, we agreed not to talk about this on the show. She's very sensitive about her medical condition. <laughs> Wait a minute, are you diddling yourself right now? Is that she's, what's she's having sex right now? Yes, while on the show. <laughs> That is what is happening. Look, I worked all day. I deserve an <laughs> award set to careless whisper. She had plans before we started recording, and she's keeping them. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so moving forward, uh, Galactus shows up, huzzah, and Thing tries to give him the spear, you know, like he's Goldberg, and sure. just gets straight up wrecked. <laughs> uh, Galactus, you know, I just have nothing to do here, you know? I don't even know what that means, honestly, but uh, it sounds good. Uh, Silver Surfer wakes up and uh, Sue Storm is on top of him and she starts talking with him about hearts and minds and why you should care about the people of Earth because we have hearts and minds. And Silver Surfer, who spent his entire, what, millennia uh, getting planets ready, whether they had people on it or not, suddenly stops and goes, I hadn't thought about the concept of other people before. (laughs) This is, yeah, this is straight out of his, his like original origin story is he was a good good man who tried to stop Galactus and stopped him by becoming basically his silver slave. And then he needs to be reminded by the fantastic four of his humanity, which by the way, isn't really a plot point in this. Not really. I mean, he does. I mean, obviously he does. I mean, spoiler alert, he turns on Galactus, but 
Yeah, but it doesn't seem like he's it doesn't seem like it's because he's reminded of of his human. I guess it sort of does. I guess they do it in a very clunky way. And then, very, yeah. you know, 50 percent of him remembers his humanity and the other 50 percent just wants to bang Sue Storm. I mean, who can blame him? You know, that's true. I mean, to be fair, how many how many other guys treat you like you're invisible afterwards? Am I right? Hey, everybody. Because is in- happening. <laughs> So the Watcher sends Human Torch back to get something, some MacGuffin from another dimension. And he's like, okay, rightio, and then he leaves. And my whole time, I'm just like, yo, is he abducting Human Torch? We don't even know this guy. <laughs> Wait, he doesn't go with Human Torch. No, but I'm just saying, like, he's he's sending him off, you know, yeah. to, be, no, to go, be gotten. Go down into my basement. Oh, yeah. Just hang out there. Don't yeah. worry about it. Just like, No, I'll guide you through. Don't worry. He's sending him to another another dimension where twenty of his watcher buddies are are there already lubed up. Oh boy, yeah. this took a turn. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that we can all agree the whole reason that uh, the watcher is saving Earth is because like he's watching porn on Earth, <laughs> like he's he's peeking at ladies in showers. Yeah, and just, yeah. You know, and he's like, no, I can't have that taken away from me. Yeah, my God, like all of the time that I've done to set up all these. <laughs> Cosmic peepholes, like this is the only planet that can get me off. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, is this this like the only planet where they've had George Michael? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so is this like the follow-up episode to Gina's uh, hentai episode where Human Torch has a huge group scene, and then at the very, very end, Watcher sticks his head in the window and says, "I like to watch." Yes. I like this. I like this plan. I'm not on board with the show on any level, but like, you know what? At least it's thought through. That's what I'm I mean. This is, this sounds like a show you sell right in the room. (laughs) (laughs) This is the sort of thing that because it's the sixties, we've forgotten the subtext that everyone clearly understood when they were watching it on Saturday morning in 1967. (laughs) They're like, Oh yeah, that dude is totally a voyeur. He's totally getting off watching that. Yeah. Things were weird in the sixties. Everything meant something else. See, I'm now picturing Gina in the CBS pitch room. <laughs> yep, Guys, yep. I'm going to take you on a journey, but I need you to stay with me. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, if there's one thing CBS is known for, it's cartoon it's... porn based in the 60s. Please. Uh, I think of CBS, I think, stuff. I think risky. That's what I think. Taking risks. Oh. Here's the thing is that you, you make that pitch and the CBS executives are there like, hmm. Then Michael Chiklis sticks his head in and goes, oh, yeah, that's real good. And like sold. And that's how No Ordinary Family got made. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. This is the thing. With a few pumps of the inflator, you can make the thing expand in size. Place the thing in the rock trap, pump the inflator, and within seconds, the thing will crash out of the trap. The thing comes complete as shown, some assembly required. The thing by Fun Stuff. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Uh, you know, real talk, I am I am now, I, I have interacted a couple times with Michael Chiklis on Instagram because he's I'm sorry, good. with who? With, with who? With, with, <laughs> with Rock Commish, I think you mean. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I didn't understand what you were saying there for a sec, but now it's cleared <laughs> up. Uh, because he and Walton Goggins were both on The Shield. Ah. And he seems like a very nice guy who would not poke his head into windows while watching people have sex. But would he do he it d- to help you sell a show to CBS based absolutely. on cartoon pornography? Thank uh, you. Absolutely. So, <laughs> thank you. My limited experience with Michael Chiklis as well. Very nice guy. However, I do think he would poke his head in. <laughs> so, you know, that's where we differ. Guys, I should tell you, uh, my personal experience with Michael Chiklis, he mm-hmm. did poke his head in. So, I mean, oh. there it is. Yeah. That's a uh, good story it was, there. It was surprising in my house. <laughs> uh, moving forward, Galactus is here now, and he just builds this thing. Like, we just cut to him with a wrench building this earth eating device or something and i guess i always thought galactus just opened his mouth and ate the planet am i crazy yeah no that's uh, no. that's what i thought too i thought it was like an inhale of of souls and and 
you know, resources. No, he def he definitely had a machine because you know you got to give uh the good guys time to like figure out how to thwart his plan. So it's like, uh, I I don't know how many other people are like building Legos and shit in this quarantine thing, but it's very soothing. Is all I'm gonna say about that. Oh. So I totally get that he would just have like some erector set or something like that and was like you know what uh it's a real hassle to do this uh whole world eating thing so i'm just gonna like soothe i'm gonna self-soothe for a little bit by building some wacky rube goldberg contraption i don't know maybe it's like uh uh yellow's marble racers and like it doesn't actually do anything but like when he's done he just like flicks a switch and like all these marbles start going down and like uh like you know it. uh have you guys watched that yet by the way fan fucking tastic no but i do love a good a good any good rube goldberg video uh the last week of uh, uh last week tonight talks about uh yellow's marble races on youtube it's j-e-l-l-e look up jelly's uh Yelly's marble races okay. and they're they're f- oh god they're so great huh. i mean that and, i like marble and- racing i'm a fan yeah, that and Bon Appetit is what's getting me through this business. There was a there was a a, a thing that my brother and I a, a game that we had when we were little that I don't know if they make anymore. Mousetrap? No, no, it was it was uh uh oh god, my brother would totally know what it's called. But shoots and ladders. <laughs> yeah, it was called Mousetrap Shoots and Ladders. Uh, chess. Yeah, it was called Chess, chess Mousetrap yes. Shoots and Ladders. It was a thing that came with all these parts that were basically sort of like funnels and you build it really tall if you want uh, uh, and you put a marble in in the top of one and it goes through, you know, like there, there were hundreds of different combos that you could use and it was the most fun thing ever and we spent hours playing with it and it makes me – and the thought that maybe they don't have it anymore for nowadays kids makes me sad. Well, they have giant marble racer things that you can kind of build up like Legos and then drop a marble in and they go through all the tubes and everything. So yeah, are- th- yeah, this is, yeah, uh, my brother will know what it's called. Not that I've been staring at them online thinking about buying them for, you know, quote unquote, when when my kid is old enough. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, buy it when they're when they're still putting crap in their mouths. I don't think that phase ever ends, to be fair. Have you met guys? <laughs> uh, I, I hadn't even considered it. And now it's already on my, well, here's the thing. I put it on my, uh, I, I'm searching for it in Amazon, but I'm going to figure out where else to get it because. Uh, well, there's got to be like a smart kid uh, toy store around here. Sure. Yeah. it. Uh, yeah. My brother and I had a bunch of those, those types of things when we were little. And I, I mean, I guess they still make them. There you go. Oh man. So Silver Surfer. Only 18 bucks. Come on now. Oh, you're buying it. Buy it. That's. <laughs> I kind of have to. Yeah. Getting back to the show, Silver Surfer now is going to help them out. He's he's seen the light. He's ready. And Galactus is now plugging in his converters. But no, the thing has pulled. He has uh, pulled uh, the cords loose because apparently this thing needs to be plugged in. Uh, some kind of a device. Like uh, I can imagine, what if he goes to a planet that doesn't have outlets? Yeah. He's it, got it adapters. Does... He's oh, got adapters. yeah. yeah he's got... I'm just going to plug well, it into you... this volcano. I'll get the energy. If you, Don't worry. If you travel, you know that you need to bring adapters because there's like all sorts of weird ass plugs in different countries. So you know what? I, I can't even fight this logic. It's too strong. I will concede the point. <laughs> what <I'm here> for. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thing throws things and then uh, Silver Surfer shows up. He says, go away. And Galactus is like, no. And he's like, yeah, no, I need you to go away. And Galactus gets all pissed off. And he's just like, yo, we're breaking up now. Oh, I see. I think Galactus is being a bad wingman to Silver Surfer because Silver Surfer's like, yo, I found this ready, willing, and able housewife who's been neglected because her science boy husband mm. hasn't been taking care of business. Can you can you just give me like an hour? And Galactus is like, no, we're we're here, we're hanging out. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Can you just can you just can you just give me like an hour? Can you give me forty five minutes? No, why? What are we doing? Are we hanging out? I thought we were hanging out. Should we get another drink? Who's this lady? <laughs> Look, I don't want to say I've been that guy before. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? I would argue that if he couldn't, if the Silver Surfer couldn't close the deal with that much going for him, that's true. Then you know that's on him, really. He's already basically naked right there. Yeah, it's not like he's got far to go. Yeah. Well, they end up shooting bolts at each other, and then bolts fight bolts, and then they have a fight. Uh, and the bolts are pure energy, huzzah. And Silver Surfer wins the fight. Galactus falls and ends up getting saved. 
and I'm just sort of like, wow, this is very, very exciting. What combat, what, what very, what very, uh, uh, um, stick up your butt movement <laughs> combat we have here as everybody is very stilted in a lot of their movements, but it's fine. It's the sixties and it's superheroes and it's cool. So, uh, this whole time I'm like, oh yeah, where's the watcher? Isn't the watcher like here? Can't he like do anything at all? He is not allowed to in point of fact. Oh, is that right? See, I need, I need a little history lesson. I don't know this character very well. Chan, oh can my you please God, illuminate me? man, the watcher, please. You said his name he's, is Atreyu. His is, <laughs> I'm not even going to rise to that bait. Uh, you know, better <laughs> his whole thing is that he, the race of watchers are not allowed to interfere in the affairs of the people they're watching. So like, obviously he does it constantly, but the rules say that he's not supposed to. So he, he sort of like, uh, uh, find some loophole to, to let Johnny go get the, the MacGuffin button, whatever, but he can't like straight up, you know, uh, go to fistic hostilities with galactus so this is like the the amish loopholes that they seem to find all over the place like we can buy power tools and keep them at your house and use them whenever we want to but since we don't own them god doesn't know yes oh, he's like shit. A- oh shit ray's calling out the amish it's finally on you Guys, hear that I got a lot you of things to say amish about the people? amish you hear that amish people listen to our podcasts uh oddly enough gina no they are not <laughs> they do not hear uh, that. I- uh, we just recently watched Unorthodox on Netflix, which is a pretty great show. Uh, but so I'm, all I'm going to say is I'm ready to take it to the Hasidic Jew community. And, no. and anytime uh, we we need to uh, like to do a segue and talk about like uh, like uh, the Orthodox communities in New York, I'm ready for it. Well, I don't think that's a wise move, Chan. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But it's the it's the correct one. It's it's the choice that I've made. Well, guys, uh, thanks for joining me, Gina Ippolito and Goebbels here on the show today <laughs> thanks for joining us by the way what uh, is is johnny seeing a universe be born is that what's happening see when a daddy universe and a mommy universe love each other very much no i mean like he's he's going through like isn't isn't doesn't someone warn him that like oh you might go insane in there and then we see him and he's like going through an acid trip of 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 like molten lava turning into gas and this like what is happening it's weird he ends up at a space station that's all i know i sort of uh, uh, had a stroke and blacked out during that section <laughs> but like there's there's weird like voiceover during it of like oh moving elements things turning in on themselves and I'm like, every time it cuts to it, I'm like, wait, what? Where is he going? I, I, it doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's, I, you know. I, I believe what was happening is he's, yeah, he's uh, 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 getting sent back through time to basically the beginning of the universe. And uh, that's where Galactus has got a ship. And so, like, y- you get the thing off his uh, uh, ship that is uh, what I can only assume is the galactic equivalent of uh a, a a box full of uh fetish porn <laughs> so like he brings he brings it you know back he's like hey i found this under your bed and glock's like oh no uh, that that's not mine i gotta oh uh, i gotta go i got and then he splits and that's how we save the earth i'm pretty sure is what happened so- i too may have blacked out during this episode so i couldn't be I'm now like picturing the watcher being like, I need you to email me a file from my laptop I left at my house. I need you to open the laptop. Don't open any folders except the one. <laughs> Definitely do not open any folders except the one I tell you. I do. I do. I like the idea that, you know, so whatever. They 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 save the day. Galactus says there are other planets that I can uh, kill the entire population of. Oh, we're not even there yet, no, Gina. No, Hold on a sec. But but I just want to say I I would like it if there was a a sequel to this episode. Sure. Where uh, it's Silver Surfer can't stop popping bonies over Sue Storm. Uh uh, and he he decides to come back and and get her. Get her. Uh, I believe that, in fact, is what happens in the comics. Wait, and really? this this only got. Th- I think this uh, series only got like thirteen episodes or something. So, if they had continued on, uh, undoubtedly, they left it open so that Silver Surfer could come back. Oh, dang, dude, it's yeah. wild. Yeah, they're laying a lot down of of like, ooh, yeah, they're they're gonna have some weird uh, invisible slash silver sex. 
I mean, even in 67, uh, Fantastic Four hadn't been around that long, but they had enough stories already that they could have, you know, they have fueled many, many seasons. That's not the only thing they're fueling, if you know what I'm saying. I don't know what you're I saying. Don't. What are you? I'm actually unclear myself. About? So, hmm. okay. uh, so we have a thing where Galactus is now like kind of tied up with energy and he can't move. And they're like, okay, we got him. Now let's figure out what we're going to do next. And things like, how about instead I walk over and break the break the constraints? Uh, can we <laughs> yeah, do that? that? Seems like a good idea. That's probably what I'm going to do here, actually, guys. I'm just going to walk over. I'm going to touch the thing, even though literally no one told me to. And people, in fact, were very clear not to do it. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just do. It. I'm, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I'm the Rock Commission. I can do whatever I want. That's how he do. Because that's, that's he doesn't play. He doesn't play by the rules. That's what's. That's what has fueled every Michael Chiklis series. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, I mean you're not wrong. <laughs> you attempt to defy me. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, know. thank you I, for that. No, thank you for that. I think we needed that in our lives. I, I can I just up. say I I I half expected. Like both of you to really hate this, and that's why I started out by saying it was very sixties. It was very dumb, but I still kind of loved it because it was so so sixties and so stilted. And I love oh. that none of us actually hated it, even though it's so terrible. It's not great, no, because I grew up kind of watching those uh, Justice League, really kind of cheesy cartoons from the seventies. Kind of yeah, the, the, the 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 Blue Falcon, the Super Friends. Uh, Har- uh, Harvey, uh, what Birdman? Not Harvey Birdman, different show. <laughs> Harvey Birdman. But, but the original Birdman. And I grew up watching that stuff, and it's all just stilted, and everybody's just standing still and monologuing at each other. But there's a certain charm to it, especially when you consider that we didn't live in the uh, uh, you know wealth of superhero stuff that we have right now. There you was took what a you time. could get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a time, and I still haven't uh, tracked down these episodes, so we haven't done it yet. But there is a series that is called Fred and Barney Meet the Thing. And like if you're talking about the absolute dregs of comic book uh, creativity, it literally cannot get like we've watched Rubik's the Amazing Cube. And by that, by the standard of Rubik, the Amazing Cube, (laughs) this thing is dog turds. (laughs) So like. When when you're thinking about like oh man what that old fogey stuff like Iron Man you know the original Iron Man uh because like ten years ago just know that uh you are living in a fucking golden age of comic book stuff and don't you dare take it for granted no they can take away nerd culture like that (laughs) they they're ready to and yet every day there's someone trying to poop on this parade and say. Oh God! They make too much, too much comic book stuff. I well, say okay, it's look. never enough. No, Chan, don't poop no. on the parade. Oh, Thank no. you, Gina. Thank oh, no. you. Because they are, in fact, hashtag releasing the Snyder Cut. So oh, I'm going to say that too much, that. too much. No, and now I thought the conspiracy the whole time was that the Snyder Cut was actually made, and that they just were sitting on it, and not wanting to release it. Now they're like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna totally release the Snyder Cut. Now we just have to make it. So the whole conspiracy, uh, I just don't even understand anymore. Well, no, it's all the all the footage exists, obviously, and I think that they had they had started. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do know though that Twitter now, like at the time, everyone seemed to be on Joss Whedon's side. Now everyone seems to be on Zack Snyder's side. I can't I can't keep up who I'm with who I'm supposed to be mad at. Yeah, all the all the grim dark people are always mad that. Uh, Joss Whedon came in and marvelized uh, Justice League, which is all of it. It's like the the version that came out is not good. The version that the pure uh, Zack Snyder version is also going to be not good because he hasn't he's made like two good movies. Yeah, like uh, like he's got a great visual style, but the man just the the things he makes are just punishing to watch yeah I mean, they're very it- very beautiful and they look really really good and you can see the comic book influences but he, yeah i mean maybe the storytelling uh isn't as important as the visuals well he's a cinematographer he's not a director but but that's why. i think well at least that's my opinion but like inarguably joss whedon is a much better director so i remember originally when snyder was out so, like i remember and this might just be my crew People were excited because Whedon had done wonders with with sort of the Marvel verse and and other things, 
Right. Whereas Zack Snyder was kind of a one-trick pony hack, in my opinion. And now everything that I see about it Take is- Take that, Zack Snyder and the Amish. <laughs> <laughs> Both listening to this podcast. Thank you. Uh, We're coming for you. But now everything that I see is people being like, yeah, fuck you, Joss Whedon, you fucking loser. Oh, you tried to keep him down, but now you didn't. Now we're finally getting the real guy, the real comic book hero. And I'm like, wasn't everyone? Yeah, I can't keep up with the internet outrage about what I'm supposed to be outraged over. Well, you see, here's the deal. You get outraged about the things you can't have, and then you, <laughs> and then you get them, and then you get outraged by the thing you got. Yeah, that, is that fair? Is that is that an appropriate summation? That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. it's also yeah. the the incels creed. The incels creed. Okay, so let's get back to the episode. Um, Human Torch returns with an ult- uh, ultimate nullifier, whatever the F that's supposed to be. There's a second fight now between Silver Surfer and Galactus, and they end up giving Galactus, or they, they give the, the weapon to whoever it needs to go with, and uh, Galactus ends up getting, what, zapped? Uh, no, it's just, uh, hey, we're going to turn the little dial on the side here. And he's like, no, don't turn the dial on the oh, side. That's right. Ollie. Okay. You you could tell how important the uh the uh the plot really stuck with me <laughs> from watching it not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. So yes, yeah, so they so Galactus says, uh, I won't eat your planet. I'll go eat some other people's planet, poor yeah. bastards. Yeah. You don't care. <laughs> if you give me the weapon. And they're just like, Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> we don't no, know it, you, but it, sure. Everything about this seems insane to me. Well, yeah, because the Watcher's like, well, you, you could take Galactus at his word. And I'm like, bitch, we don't know you either. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening anymore in this episode. So they give it to him and he says, oh, yeah, okay, cool. We're going to get out of here. But Silver Surfer, we're breaking up for sure. Like, I can't, you know, we got to put this up on Reddit on the relationships thing because the word of Galactus can never be questioned. <laughs> But I bear no malice toward the humans. But for you, my herald, we meet again in the great expanse of the universe. So beware. Sorry for that super long cut, but I no. Just, here's the deal. Like, I was into it. Galactus also, all just kind of going insane. off is pretty great. I'll be oh, honest. Yes. It, it was sort of like what if Zack Snyder directed this episode, of knowing his half the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I mean, all it of it is insane. The idea that, like, yeah, he eats planets and doesn't care if he destroys humanity or inhabitants of any planets. I'm assuming he's eaten other inhabited planets before, by the way. Oh, it's, but, it's assumed, yes. But he's he's not good or evil is basically like saying, look, he's he's he just can't be bothered with your people's problems. Yes. That billionaire polluted a bunch of people's rivers, but he shouldn't be questioned. He's above good and evil. He just didn't care. This so is capitalism. Don't it's not question his fault. him. The, That's why white people are. talk to each other about Christopher Columbus. <laughs> sure, he came and he murdered a bunch of people and took over the land, but he's neither good nor evil. <laughs> and then, and then to say, give him whatever he wants. Don't question him at all. I kind of <laughs> think this watcher has been on his side the whole time. I'm not even kidding. I was expecting a heel turn right there. <laughs> I was expecting him to go full Shawn Michaels and then kick the thing through a barbershop window. <laughs> that one was for Chan and no one else. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, Silver Surfer's about to leave now. He's like, okay, I got to get going. I, you know, please. And then, and then I'm just like, okay, cool. So we're all here. We're saying our goodbyes, tra- you know, traditional very family friendly. And then Sue Storm like straight up tongues him. Oh, like, yeah. She says something, up. something to remember us by kisses him straight on the mouth. Her husband next to him and her husband just smiles blandly. And I'm like, this dude is a cuck. Like he likes to watch. <laughs> he likes to watch his wife get banged by supernatural beings that happen to touch down on the planet. I have figured it out. You know what, though? If if your wife was going to get boned by anybody, wouldn't you prefer it to be supernatural beings that came from another planet? Yeah. At least there's something to that. You know, it's not just like the guy who sells donuts. You know, I'm just saying. Maybe a specific poll. <clears throat> I just don't want that shit rubbing off onto the sheets. 
Oh, he's already been in your bed. Oh, like, you, you, know, ass- like, you, you assume how he's hard like it the is to tin get glitter? man? Like he, he yeah. has he has real silver body paint on as opposed to. But does that mean he's also got like severe allergies and hives as a result of the makeup <laughs> like the tin man did? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sue Storm, I'm not in the mood. I've got hives all over my body. <laughs> This is what I'm saying. I'm saying she says something to remember us by. I'm saying three episodes down the line, he's coming back to Earth and saying, I can't stop thinking about you, Sue Storm. I'll destroy this entire planet to have sex with you. And then we cut to 18 minutes of hardcore pornography. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing pops his head and goes, that's still entertainment. (laughs) Please call him the Rock Commish. Excuse me, the Rock Commish. It's also the hardest <laughs> nickname to say. <laughs> the Rock Commish. You got to think these things through before you say them, Gina. Hashtag you the make Rock us, Commish. We all got to commit to the bit, and it, it gets hard after an hour. Yeah, my brain doesn't even want me to say it. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> it just shuts off. It goes, no, you can't call him that. <laughs> and that's our show. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. You know, this is Fantastic Four. Yeah, I really expected us to be a lot harsher on it. And yeah, maybe we were harsh insane. on it, but I really felt like we were very nice to this episode. Yeah, me which, too. Maybe we're just a little slap happy here on a <laughs> on a late night. It's it's just dated. It's not it's not it's beyond good and evil. It just <laughs> is. <laughs> I mean, it's not so dated that you need Whoopi Goldberg to come out at the beginning of it and say, hey, guys, just so you know, this is a product of its time. So you got to kind of cut it a little slack. You know what I'm saying? Yikes. Zippity doo dah. Zippity. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to Knowing Us Half the Podcast. A few links if you guys want to reach out to us, as people have been. People have been reaching out to us, uh, leaving us five star reviews. It's a very nice thing. Uh, not lately, but that's why I'm saying it, because we would like more. So if you're listening to this, you have not given us a five-star review on iTunes. Please do so, because we appreciate it. And we really want to get to, what was our number, Gina? Was it 100? If uh, we get to 100 by Halloween, then Chan's going to shave his head and be Dr. Mindbender? I feel like Chan was the one who set this challenge. I don't. I thought it was 500, but I don't know. That seems no, a lot. I'll do, I'll do it at 100. 100, that's okay. That's never going to happen. So I feel uh comfortable. Guys, he's challenging you right now as an audience. And are you going to let Chan defeat you like that? (laughs) I mean, maybe, but but you shouldn't want to. That's my point. So you can hit us up at Facebook.com slash knowing us half the podcast or even Patreon.com slash knowing us half the podcast. We have some new patrons um, again. And thank you guys so much for joining us. We try to give you guys some content. Uh, We're going to try to do some more uh, patron suggested episodes, uh, some of which are going to end up in the super secret vault. Uh, and we're just going to keep trying to do the thing and get, keep you guys entertained. And I appreciate you guys sticking with us and doing the thing. And we're always looking to do more. So uh, there's that. Enjoy your quarantine, everybody. And if you're in quarantine and you like what we do for five dollars, you can get like three hundred and seventy five or something episodes of this show. Holy crap. That's a lot. That should get you at least to the end of the first, you know, a uh, phase of quarantine. Does <laughs> <laughs> it uh, at least get to the point where they reopen the pools? We can reopen the pools. You can go pee in them. It'll be just like normal again. It'll be swell. Uh, you can also hit us up. I said the Facebook page, so you can also hit us up on Twitter at uh, GI Joe Podcast. Uh, hey guys, are you guys have anything you want to plug right now? Any shows coming up? Anything fun? No. Eh. Okay, great. I'm going to plug the live Who Would Win show that we're going to be doing. Um, It hasn't actually been announced yet, uh, but it's going to be announced over the weekend. So if you listen to this, you have a little bit of a spark ahead of time. And it's going to be uh, next Thursday as we record this. This show comes out on May 22nd. So it's going to be May 28th. Yeah, that feels right. May 28th at 8 p.m. Pacific time. We're going to do a live Who Would Win show. Details to follow, but it's going to be a really, really good one. And I'm excited to be a part of it. So uh, you can hit us up at G.I. Joe Podcast on Twitter uh, or at Prez Serpentor with a Z. Uh, in alternate 2016, Serpentor, the Cobra Emperor, became president of the United States. And wouldn't you know it, the world that he lives in closely resembles the world of today. He feels like as long as he's wearing his uh, golden cowl, he doesn't need to wear a mask. I think that holds up. That makes sense. The uh, the two snakes are basically scaring away the virus. Yeah, they could hiss away the virus. Everybody knows that. And he said he's been taking the Cobra La uh, spores every single day to prevent unstable mutations. So oh, he says it's working. Nice. He does. He, I think okay. he owns stock in the company, though. So you might want to, like, you know, be, be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
and that's how it works. Otherwise, you can hit us up individually on Twitter. I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And thank you very much. We'll catch you guys next week. We got more G.I. Joe on tap to do. So until next week, may your fours be fantastic and your surfers be silver. Your rocks be commish. Come on, Ray. <laughs> oh, I, I really, this I really. opportunity. What's wrong really with dropped you? Really drop the rock on that one. Now that's entertainment. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films.